Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And those kinds of things connect us as a species because it helps us to see this person's part of my tribe. They're like me. We have these similarities. And so stories connect us as a species. There's a ton of brain science around this that shows that this is what connects us as human beings. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. This is another special Wednesday morning episode brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out my leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I've bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Watchstander Series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game this year. Also, I want to remind you that Deep Leadership is now ranked as a top 100 management podcast in the U.S. and also in the U.K. And I want to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this show become a top performing podcast. So thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about storytelling and leadership. And my guest is Mark Carpenter. Mark is the author of Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Experiences into Stories that Teach, Lead, and Inspire. I sat down with Mark to understand the importance of storytelling and why leaders need to master this essential skill. If you want to connect better with your employees and your customers, you need to listen to this inspiring conversation. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mark Carpenter. Mark is a serial storyteller telling stories since childhood. Mark leveraged his ability in a career in marketing communications and public relations and later as a college professor and corporate facilitator. His storytelling became even more purposeful and effective after researching and writing the best-selling book, Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Experiences into Stories that Teach, Lead, and Inspire. Now, as a facilitator, consultant, and speaker, 
He teaches others what he learned in this process, and I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about the importance of storytelling in leadership. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Sean, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I am honored to have you on the show, and I'm excited to talk about the uh, subject of storytelling. We've touched on it in the past, but it's been a while since we talked about storytelling, and you are the master storyteller, so I'm excited to have you on the show. But I want you to just start a little bit. We, we In the intro, we talked about you storytelling being a part of your life for a long time. Uh, tell us about yourself and your history with storytelling and where it's led you in your life. Wow. And how long do we have? Is it is where that one goes? I, I, I'll actually go back a little bit to childhood. I, I grew up with my mother who was a reading teacher. Mm. So we always had books. And so stories was, were just always part of how I consumed the world. And I also realized that storytelling was a way for me to kind of make people laugh and get their attention and make friends with them. But that was, you know, as a kid, you don't realize how purposeful that can be as an adult. And so moving into business, I started realizing, wow, storytelling really connects people to principles and points. And then I, I helped a friend of mine write a book. And afterward, I said to my wife, I feel like I should write my own book, but I don't know what it is. And as those that are near and dear to us can do, she looked at me and said, oh, I know. And at first I was startled. I was like, well, how do you know it? I don't know. She said, no, you, you've got to write a book about how you just take everyday experiences and turn them into stories that teach important mm -hmm. principles. And my first reaction was, it's not a book. That's just what people do. Right. And she said, no, no, no. You do it because you've always done it. Yeah. But there's a way that you do it that you need to teach other people. So I started asking other people about that process or about that thought. And they said, yeah, I'd love to read a book like that. And that just kind of got me into it. And I, I synced up with my good friend, Daryl Herman, and he and I uh, co-authored this book back at the end of 2018. And it's interesting as part of the research for the book to find out that what I was doing fairly natural has some really solid background to it that I wasn't aware of. So now, as you said in the introduction, I can be more deliberate and more conscious about how I turn those everyday experiences into these stories that teach, lead, sell, and inspire. Okay, well, I'm going to get it. I'm excited to get into it because that I do believe in the power of stories. And if anyone's read my book, the people are listening in. Hopefully, you've read my books. Uh, you'll know I love telling stories. So hopefully, I'm getting some things right in my stories. But we'll find out uh, in talking with you. But uh, so this book is called Master Storytelling. Um, who was the audience when you wrote the book? Who were you thinking that was going to read it? And who 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 really needs to know about storytelling? You know, when we first started writing the book and we asked ourselves that question, who, who's our audience? Who is this? Our first thought was, well, everyone needs this. Everyone needs right. the power right. of storytelling. But if you write a book for everyone, you write it for no one. Right. And really, we've honed in on a couple of audiences. And I might even have adjusted that a little bit more knowing what I know now. But one of our first audiences was leaders. We, we want leaders to not just give information but tell the story of what that information means and how that connects to people. Now, a part of my backing on that is, I remember the time that I had a, a new leader come into an organization, new CEO, and I was consulting with him on the first company-wide meeting that he was going to lead. And he said, well, I wanna share with everybody all the details of EBITDA. And <laughs> somebody yes. doesn't know what EBITDA is, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, right. amortization. And I said, 
oh, okay, what do you, well, give me a little more on that. He said, well, I want this chart and this chart and this chart and this chart. And I said, okay, we're working in a software company here with a lot of software engineers. They need to know what that means to them. Mm-hmm. And he said, they need to figure it out. I was oh. like, oh, please, 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 please give them some context around this. And he didn't. Now, I- I'm just going to ask you, John, what do you think happened with that audience during his first presentation to the entire company? He didn't connect. He didn't, he didn't, uh, it didn't resonate. So it was one of these blah, blah, blah meetings and you, you go back to work. You're like, oh, well, that was interesting. And you go back to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and so it was kind of like, I, I think of it as the, how the teacher sounds on all the Charlie Brown cartoons. That's it. That's it. You remember that where it's just kind of like, wah, 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 right. wah, 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 right. that, That's really what was, what they were hearing because they didn't know how to connect to it. Mm. So leaders was one of our key audiences to get them past that, to get them to say, what does this really mean to the people that you need to connect with if you're really going to lead effectively? Another audience that we were focused on was people who do training and facilitation. Uh, Daryl and I both have a background in training and facilitation. And that's a great place as you're teaching that storytelling is very powerful mm. to help get new concepts across to people. Now, the third audience that we, we had some emphasis on, and we'd probably ratchet up a little bit more if we knew then what we know now, and that's sales professionals, mm. people in sales and in sales leadership, because sales is such a great place to include story. Uh, sales professionals so often get caught up in features and benefits and facts and figures and yes. and the, the why we're so important and pricing and all that stuff. Those things are important, but they need to, the, the customer, the potential customer needs to know, what does that mean to me? Mm. How, how does that affect me? Not just here's the benefits, but how do those benefits apply to me? And that comes across best in a story. Mm. And you think about who people buy from. They buy from people they know, trust, and like. Well, storytelling is a great way to get people to know you and trust you and like you. And so we see sales as one of our key audiences as well. Interesting. Yeah, I noticed on your website, because in the book you say teach, lead, and inspire, but I think on the website you say teach, lead, sell, and inspire. So I think definitely what it sounds like, you found that sales is another perfect place for this to exist as well. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a bigger audience than we thought it would be for storytelling. But as we've gotten into it, that's been one of our key audiences. Yeah, I like that idea. The idea that connecting human to human, that's how you're going to sell. You're not going to sell with features and benefits and pricing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so the obvious question, why do people love stories? Why is storytelling so effective? Well, we, we love stories because we live stories. Mm-hmm. This is Our lives are just little pieces of stories that, that we go through. Right? It's just little chunks of experience that we have. Those are the stories along the way. And that's how we connect as, as a species. Is through these stories. You, you think think about other animals. I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, but if you go to the dog park and two dogs meet each other, well, how do they get to know each other and trust each other? It's smell. They sniff yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope we're a little more evolved than that. <laughs> yeah. But and so in, in our species, we don't do that so much with our with our bodies, but we connect through our minds, mm. and it's our our shared experiences. I mean, John, before you and I started the recording here, we had a little conversation. And what do we start connecting to? Well, where do you live? Oh, I have a sister that lives in that area. And yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been to your area. And what do you do? Oh, yeah, I've had some experience doing that, too. We we talked about skiing as, as something that we both decided is probably not a good activity for us in our <laughs> stages of life. Right. 
And, and those kinds of things connect us as a species because it helps us to see this person is part of my tribe. They're like me. We have these similarities. And so stories connect us as a species. There's a ton of brain science around this that shows that this is what connects us as human beings. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, you were talking about your CEO and I, and I, and I, and I you know, I've been leading plants for so long that I, I, I'm spending a lot of time in front of blue collar workers, right? And I've always said, like, I've got to relate stories that they're going to, they're going to get and understand. And so um, to me, it's just sort of natural. Like, how do I connect with this audience? Well, the best way is to tell a story or an experience. And, 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 and I see so many of my peers would just like your CEO go on to go up there and talk about the latest uh, KPIs or what have you. And they don't, and I, I think they're missing out on, on, on that human to human connection. Like, like, do I talk about KPIs? Yes, but I'll do it in a story versus in a, like, here's the, here's the facts and figures. I'll, I'll relate that to why it's important and why it matters to them. And I think that that's, and like you said, it's part of how we connect as humans, is we connect through stories. So to me, I've always found it as valuable, or at least if you can thread the importance of why uh, your why EBITDA is important, if you thread that into a story, they're more likely to remember it and more likely to relate to it. Right on. You're, you're exactly there. And I'm so glad that you said, do I talk about KPIs? Absolutely. Because that's one of the pushbacks I get sometimes from leaders. Well, you can't expect me not to talk about goals and KPIs and yeah. EBITDA and, and on all these other things that are important to the business. Yes, do talk about them, but give some structure and some context around them. Uh, sometimes people, leaders feel like, well, that's going to make me a soft leader or a light leader if I'm telling stories. But the reality is it's the opposite. By making you a human leader, people will connect with you more and follow you more. Mm. There's this great research study that was done, and I'm not going to get the researcher's names right off the top of my head, but it's, it's in a book called Influencer. And yeah. they, they talked about how there's, there's three groups of people that these researchers got together. And one group, they gave them the information verbally, and, and that was it. And the second group, they gave them the information verbally with charts and graphs. And the third group of people, they gave them the information in the form or in the context of a story. And then they brought them back together about two weeks later to see how much they remembered and how accurately they remembered and what the impact was of the information on them, kind of broadly. They were mainly looking at the memory part of it. They found, the thing that was interesting to me is those first two groups, there was no statistical difference in how much they remembered or how accurately they remembered. So the charts and graphs that we think are so wonderful didn't really make that much difference. But the, the group that heard it in the story they remembered more information. They remembered it more accurately. And the important part to me was they found it more credible. Mm. Think about that as a leader. Yeah. If you're talking about KPIs, if you're talking about EBITDA, if you're talking about whatever kind of information that you're sharing and you want people to remember it, understand it, and find it credible, story is a very powerful way to do that. And it's more powerful than just giving the information and even more powerful than just sharing charts and graphs. Mm, I love it. I love it. I was just going to say one example maybe that I did when I was leading my last plant is uh, we, would have, we were having scrap problems. So I, would, I would tell people, here's, here's how we did this month in scrap. But instead of giving a number, I would find uh, a car, a brand new car. And I said, this is, this is, this is the car we could have bought 
if 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 we had not had this much scrap that it was just and so at one point we had a house up there. This is when we first started. I was like, we could have bought this house this month. That's how much we threw up. And and the employees were like, you know, it's like they relate to it. Like, that's a lot of money versus a number on a chart. They, you know, it was just like, here's this house. We could have bought this house just, just this month. And you could see people like talking to each other and whispering to each other. It was like, they related to that, you know, versus a, a chart or a, you know, or a, you know, or a graph or what have you. Yeah. That's a wonderful example, John. Because, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah, yeah. But when you put that picture or let people develop the picture in their heads. Yeah. When it's their own picture, that, that's probably worth 10,000 words. Yeah. So you show that house and they're picturing themselves. Yes. In that house or with that house and thinking, oh my, that's a lot. That's where it really starts connecting. When you bring that story in and let them build that picture in their head. Of how that connects to them. Yeah. Yeah. So There's a very powerful connection into their memory system. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So I love it. I love how and, and that the, the research backs up that idea of of, of, of of making stories that relate and they're more likely to remember it for sure. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutrition, habits and more to the next level with his step-by-step all-inclusive coaching program. Now I've worked with Jeremy for the past year and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built, and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today so what are um you know i was thinking of you mistakes so what are the three biggest mistakes that we make when we're telling stories from from your book and from your research you know i I think the the three biggest mistakes come back to one big mistake Mm. and and it and it really is being intentional about the story 
A lot of times people say, well, I have this story. I'll tell this story. Stories are important. So let me tell this story. But they don't have a real clear intent on why they're telling that story. And so that's the overarching mistake that leads to two other mistakes. And those mistakes are they rush through it, they get to the end, and people are like, I don't know what you're even talking about here. They don't paint that picture that we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. So people don't have a good, clear picture in their heads about what's the purpose of this, and so it doesn't connect to them. The, the second potential problem is what I call they don't land the plane. Mm. They start off on this story, and maybe they know there's an end down there somewhere. But in search of that, they wander around in the story with every single detail that could possibly be told, hoping that eventually they find the place to land that plane. Yeah. And you'll lose people in the process of doing that. Yes. So the, the best way to overcome either of those problems is to be really intentional about what is the purpose that I want to get to mm-hmm. at the end of this story? Because in doing that, you'll help edit yourself on what needs to be in and what needs to be out to help actually make the point of that story. That makes a lot of sense. One of the things I, I, I had a coach when I wrote my first book, and he talked about storytellers build tension. So it's like a rubber band. You pull this tension, right? And so the, you know, the audience is leaning in like, whoa, what is happening here, right? And you maybe live, give, give it up a little bit. Then you pull it tighter again. But you, at the end of the day, you've got to release that tension. Otherwise, your audience goes, well, what was that all about? Well, how did it end? I remember my wife read, one of the stories in my first book, and she's like, I love this story. What happened next? Like, because I told the story of a leader who backed me up in a problem. And she's like, well, that's great. But what happened next? And I was like, oh, we ended up like getting record sales. We, we were the first to the market with this product. And she's like, tell that part. That's what I want to know. That's the release of the tension, you know? And and so you it's landing the plane. Like you said, it's releasing that tension where you're like, where your audience goes, wow. You know, that's, so you're right. I think we forget that we tell a great story and it's like, but the the plane's still in the air, the tension's still on, and the audience is like, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Years ago, I was facilitating a class, and I told the beginning of a story at one point because it was making a point about the problem. Yeah. And then I usually told the end of the story when we got to the solution to that problem, which was an hour and a half or so down the road. Oh, yeah. So I told the beginning of the story, and I set it up, and they could see the problem. And then we got behind. Something happened that we got really behind on time. I forgot to tell the end of the story. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the class, somebody comes up to me and says, you have got to tell me the end of that story. Before That's our way our brains were driving yeah. me crazy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I felt so bad that I hadn't closed that loop for them. Yeah. Because you're right. If you leave that tension there, you're leaving an open loop in their brain. Yes. And their brain's constantly going, what happened? Why is this? You know, what's there? How can, I, how can I get to the end of this? The resolution in there. Because when you come to the resolution in that story, the listener actually gets an increase of dopamine in their brain. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And, and, th- and that's, that's that ah, kind of feeling, <laughs> that, that relief that you get. You get dopamine when you level up in a video game. Yeah. You know, or even when you check something off your to-do list, there's a little spike of dopamine because it's a sense of accomplishment and, and completion. Yeah, You get that at the end of the story. And without that, people are left with the tension or the cortisol that's making them go, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? You got to get into that satisfactory ending. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love that the science backs up this way that we act and think as humans. Um, well, one of the things I was thinking about as you're telling this is that um, 
you know, for me, like I'm writing a book about stories. I'm writing stories in my book, but I've I've, do, I've done some pretty amazing things, right? So it's so it's easy to, for me to like, oh, I, I've got a story about this because this happened in my life, right? But where do people go if maybe they they feel like they don't they live a fairly ordinary life? Uh, how where can they find stories in their ordinary life to be able to to tell to to make a point in these when they're getting a chance to present or they're writing or what have you? Well, I always tell people that. The extraordinary lives inside the ordinary. Uh, the greatest stories that you hear are about ordinary things that happen. And they're great stories because you can relate to them. You can make a connection to them. I, I actually had somebody in one of my workshops years ago who, when we were talking about telling stories that, that make a point, and I said, where do, you, where do you come up with stories? Where do you come up with ex experiences you can turn into stories? And, very enthusiastically, this this participant said, "Oh, I make them up." <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> what, what What do you mean you make them up? Just, oh, I make up stories about this crazy Uncle Ned that doesn't exist. And I'm listening to her going, "Oh, how am I going to make this a safe environment and still tell her I think that's a bad idea?" And somebody else in, in the workshop spoke up and said, I'm "Sure, that's going to come across as authentic." And so we had a conversation about that. All oh, this poor participant. She was like, well, then where am I going to find a story for this segment that I've got to teach tomorrow? And she was panicked about it. And so I talked to her about just looking for experiences in her life. One of the things that I encourage people to look for is look for those times that you have an emotional reaction to something. Mm. If you have an emotional reaction, there's probably some lesson embedded inside of that, of that experience that can be a story to teach a principle. You may not know what the principle is at that point. But note those things that you have an emotional reaction to, because they're probably a good story that you could use at some point. Well, I want to finish the story about this, this participant in that, that workshop, because she came back the next day and taught her segment, which needed to include her telling a story. And she told this great story about something that happened to her on the elevator in the hotel the night before. Mm. And I said to her, where did you come up with that? How, how did you, you that, that was a real story, wasn't it? And she said, oh, yes, it was. I said, how did you come up with that experience as your story? She said, I was in my hotel room stressing about doing this, stressing about where I was going to come up with a story, and I just needed a mental break. So I got on the elevator to go downstairs and just take a walk around the hotel. On the elevator, I had this experience where this lady had this weird reaction to something that I did, that the elevator had done all the little jolt things as it stopped. And the other person in the elevator had a big luggage cart and the luggage fell off the cart. Well, my friend that was in the elevator with her laughed, but nervously about the elevator falling. Well, this other person thought, oh, she's laughing at me. Oh, and so when yeah. she piled her luggage back on the cart as she walked out, she turns around and said, glad you thought that was funny. And so my friend walked out going, that was just a weird reaction about that. And she started walking around and she was thinking about that reaction. She went, that actually fits with what I need to teach tomorrow. Oh, yes. And it was there for her. So that's the other way to, to look for experiences that are going to turn into great stories. Look, what do you need to tell a story about? What's a principle you need to teach? And then start looking for it. And it's really weird. The universe will send it to you. Yeah. If you're looking for those experiences to teach a certain principle, you'll find them. The other thing is ask other people. Ask other yeah. people the experiences that they've had that might fit to a certain principle. So there, there's the two ways that I have to, to look at it. One, 
If you have a topic you need a story around, start looking for it and ask about it. Mm. Two, look for those experiences in your life where you have an emotional reaction because there's likely a lesson embedded in that experience. I love that you say that because I was listening. I, I, I love comedy and I, and I love the process by which comedians create material. And I, I heard a couple of comedians on a podcast talking about, <clears throat> they said that exact thing, same thing. They keep a notebook and when they do have an emotional reaction to something and something hits them emotionally, they write it down because there's usually a funny something, some sort of a funny thing in there that they want to be able to capture. So, and, and you, know, you think about like the Seinfeld humor, it's like, it's, it's like observations on daily life that are funny, but they're funny because, because of the emotions that are involved, these basic things like a luggage falling off a cart and somebody's reaction to it, driving down the street or, you know, waiting in line at a supermarket. There's all these things that happen to us, <clears throat> which we can use to relate to other people who have been in that exact same scenario before and have probably had a similar emotional reaction, you know? Right on. I, I go back to something I said a little early, earlier. We love stories because we live stories. Yeah. We, we can relate to that. And you think of the great comics that are out there. They're talking about these everyday experiences that then they exaggerate a little bit. Yeah. And they deliver it in an excellent way that, that, that's very well practiced for them. But they're very ordinary experiences that we can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's, what, that's what makes the connection for us. Hmm. So how can people that may not be natural storytellers, how do they... How can they develop a skill like this? So how, do you, how does your CEO, the EBITDA CEO, how do they develop a, a skill to be sto a storyteller? I hear this one a lot too. I'm not a natural storyteller. I, I, I just can't do this because I'm not natural at it. I'm going to put this back to you, John. What is something that you're really good at now that 10 years ago you weren't good at? Uh, podcasting. <laughs> okay. that, 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 that's one that very often comes up in there. Right. The first time you hosted a podcast, were you a great podcast host? I was terrible. <laughs> Some would argue I'm still still learning. <laughs> no, I'd say you're pretty good. How did, how did you get better? It's, it's reps, just continuing to do it. And, and then finding what, what I tell people, I had to find my radio voice. I had to find my voice. Uh, and I had, as an author, I had to find my voice as an author. You know, I, I took writing and writing and writing. And then you find your voice eventually. And that's, that's who you are. Uh, but it takes just reps, uh, you know, time time under pressure until you finally like, okay, well, this is just normal for me now. And now, John, you have just answered your own question. <laughs> That's exactly how you get better at storytelling. Yeah. It's the reps. You've got to do it, learn about it, learn the structure, possibly even get some coaching, but then it's reps. It's practicing it. It's doing it over and over again. It's not always going to be natural for you. But it's the reps over the time where you start getting the feedback. And some of the best feedback you can get is looking in the eyes of the people you're telling the story to and seeing how they react to it. Mm -hmm. That kind of repetition and that kind of feedback loop that you can get into say, ooh, that landed, that didn't. That's what's going to help you become a better storyteller. But you never get better at it just by thinking about it. You actually have to do it but it's the practice like any other skill, you build that skill by working on it. Mm, interesting. And I think, I would imagine too, if you have a mind to start saying, like, I want to be a better storyteller, is being more observant towards stories that you hear in your day-to-day -day life and say, wow, that one hit. Why did that hit? What, did, what, what about that story 
was memorable to me, you know, as being an, an observer of stories, I would say. Uh, would that help as well? Like, start starting to see what works in your life, what hits what hits home, home with you, and you're like, okay, I I like that. I want to incorporate some of those kind of elements in the way I tell stories. Is that is that something yeah. as well? Absolutely. Learn from the best. Listen to those stories that you have a reaction to, and say, okay, why? Break it down. What was the structure in that story that really drew me into it? Mm. What did they do? What did they not do? that actually drew me into the story that made that impactful for me. Mm. And I'll go back to something else I talked about before, which is the intentionality. And it's really being intentional about what am I trying to convey with this story? What is the reaction that I want as I teach, lead, sell, and inspire? What do I want people to do with this? And look for people that have told stories that help lead you along that same kind of path and start patterning after them. But again, even just listening to them is not going to help you until you start getting it out of your mouth. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always say that, you know, if you want to learn how to play guitar, you have to play guitar. You can't read a book. You can't listen to guitar. You have to play a guitar to learn how to play guitar. And same yep. thing in leadership. To be a good leader, you have to lead people. It's, it's the only yep. way to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, excellent. And, and recognize that you're going to make mistakes, but le learn from those mistakes. Yeah. But tur turn those bad days into good data. That you say, okay, I made this mistake. What was the mistake I made there? Okay, I'll learn from that for next time. Mm. And that applies for storytelling. It applies for leadership. It applies for the other things that we do in our lives. I love it. I love it. So why would you, you know, just we talk about storytelling. Why would you say that storytelling is essential for leadership today? I hinted at this, I think, a little bit before. Storytelling is the way we connect as human beings. We connect as a species through stories. As a leader, you want people to follow you. That is your role as a leader. And connecting with them is one of the best ways to do that. Storytelling will humanize you as a leader. Sometimes leaders say, ooh, that scares me a little bit. I don't want to be the human leader. I want to be the, the, the strong leader. But you actually come across as a stronger leader by being more human. Mm. And that's where people are going to know, trust, and like you, and they'll follow you more when they can trust you like that. Storytelling builds trust between the storyteller and the listener. And when you're a leader, you want people to trust you. That's why when they'll follow you is when they trust you. And so I think that's one of the powerful things about storytelling. It brings that humanity back into leadership. So we're leading people like people. And that's gonna be strong leadership uh, for that, that we really need in business today. I can't add anything to that. <laughs> Absolutely agree with you. hundred percent. That's fantastic. Um, so what message would you like to leave to, we got a lot of leaders listening in, uh, to this show, what final message would you like to leave with leaders who are listening in, uh, about the subject of storytelling? Really it's, it's two things and they're connected. The first I'd like to say is your story does matter. I'll go back to something you said earlier. Oh, nothing interesting happens to me. I don't really have the, any stories to tell. That's, that's just false, okay? Your story matters. You have experiences. You have a story to tell, and it matters. And then it connects to that last point that I was making too, that when you tell your story, you become a better leader because you're a more human leader. Mm. And when you do that, it will strengthen your leadership capacity and 
you will teach people a lot of things about leadership as you use storytelling as a key leadership skill. Absolutely. Well, that's been fantastic. Um, Mark, how can people find out more about you in this book? First place to go would be our website, which is master-storytelling.com. So you got to get that little dash between <laughs> master and storytelling uh, to, to be able to find us. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Facebook. I welcome people to connect with me on, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, so look for Mark Carpenter that has master storytelling in his background <laughs> there on the, on, on the page. I think if you look for my name and master storytelling, I'm the first one that comes up on, on LinkedIn. Um, and I would, I would just like to offer to your listeners uh, a free copy of our ebook of Master Storytelling. Uh, we've got a, a page set up, a hidden page on our website for, for podcast listeners. If you go to master-storytelling.com slash podcast gift, and just for the high price of your name and your email address, I'll <laughs> give you a, a, a copy of the, the ebook of master storytelling and that that'll be a way to start on that journey as well well that's fantastic well you just heard that here you get a free book if you go to this link and we'll put the link in the show notes uh for that resource uh not often you get something free these days so uh you get a free ebook if you go to this uh the website that we uh that we'll have the link below um and get get a copy of this great book the book is called master storytelling and uh, again this is a, a very important issue for uh, for leaders connecting with people. You know, I talk about in this podcast, leadership is a people business. We have to connect with our people. One of the ways we connect is with storytelling. Uh, Mark has given us a lot of things to think about uh, with respect to storytelling. So I encourage you to check out his resources, check out the book that we have the link below and learn more about storytelling, be more, a more effective leader through great storytelling. Mark, I want to thank you for coming on the show and thank you for sharing this, uh, all, you, all the data and the research and and your experience in the subject. I think it's helped us kind of take another step towards being better storytellers. So I appreciate you coming on the show, and I really appreciate you sharing all this information. John, it's been my pleasure to be here with you, and thank you for giving me time and access to, to your guests, and I, I hope that I've added value to them. Absolutely. This has been a great conversation. I know it's going to be valuable to our listeners as well. So thank you very much. Thanks, John. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Cool.
Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid.